All opinions and views expressed on this podcast do not reflect official policy or position of the United States Air Force, Department of Defense, or the United States government. Hello, airmen, soldiers, sailors, Marines, guardians, and all the rest of you humans out there, and welcome to Engage, the Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst Diversity and Inclusion Podcast. I'm your host, Master Sergeant Charles Chip Cly. And I'm Rafi. And we have a very awesome guest with us today. Um, I'll do a quick intro, and then I will let her talk a little bit about herself. Our guest today is retired Chief Master Sergeant Gloria Witherspoon. She spent a good chunk of her 25-year career working military equal opportunity, and I finished up her career, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, as a senior enlisted advisor for the Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute. Gloria retired recently and is now the founder of Live Life and uh, Lead Consulting. Um, She has multiple degrees, multiple qualifications in diversity and inclusion and equality, project management, project guidance, um, I could probably just spend a whole 15 minutes talking about all of your qualifications, Glo. Um, whenever you're ready, if you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes. Yeah, so first, before I say anything else, I want to tell you that my heart is so happy that your wing has this podcast where you're able to hear different perspectives and gain insight and educate and teach. So as someone who has saw all the different changes. I just really want to say good job to you all. And I am really honored that you invited me here to talk to you all today. And so a little additional um, about me, you know, other than I am uh, the mother of four, my family is blended. Um, I am here in beautiful Melbourne, Florida. Um, I have in the transition from active duty to military, I thought I wanted to be, I mean, active duty to civilian. I thought I wanted to be a teacher, but no, I kept getting pulled right back in to um, the diversity and inclusion realm. So I'm actually going through um, training to become um, a professional certified coach in the diversity spectrum. So uh, uh, certified professional diversity coach, CPDC. So I'm actually going through that training now because I want to be um, on the experiential learning and growing and reflection side of diversity and inclusion. Because I truly believe that in order for the programs that we're writing to work, that our mindsets have to shift and how we think and how we behave towards one another has to shift. So I realized and stopped fighting the fact that that was my calling. And so I am now um, trying to establish that on the civilian side. Yes, ma'am. I, I did a little bit of Facebook stock, not Facebook, sorry. I did LinkedIn stocking. Hey, I, I saw that uh, you got your master of arts in organizational leadership. Um, and then, did I see this right? You're working on your doctor in philosophy on industrial and organizational psychology. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's super awesome. That's one of my wife's uh, goals. She's, she's on her bachelor's degree level in psychology, but she's also, that was one of her uh, big goals in her life was to, to get back in it and start working on industrial and organizational psychology. So, so happy to have you on the show today, man. 
um, again, it's a, it's a great start to season two. We've got an expert. We've always got, I, you know, we, we talk about stump the chump. Uh, there's not too often we've got somebody that's uh, just as qualified or even more. You're definitely way more qualified than Rafi on the topic. Uh, so every once in a while, uh, you'll see, we'll, we'll go off topic because that's, that's who I am. I'm the guy that just talks about everything and starts talking about random stuff. But Rafi will get us back on. It's really awesome to have somebody that has a great, vast knowledge on on the whole broad spectrum of diversity uh, and inclusion. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, Rafi, I understand we do have an interesting topic today, right? Yeah, we do. Hello, everyone. I'm super happy to be back in season two. And we are going to be talking about uh, leadership, uh, learning agility. So what that is, is um, when leaders take something that they have previously learned or experienced, and they apply that learning uh, to an entirely new or different scenario. So, and we were, what you listeners did not hear earlier is we actually had a very short discussion and we were talking about uh, cognitive biases and cognitive learning. And if you can imagine that you can take something that you have learned in the past or you have learned how to apply, and I want you to think a little bit differently here is think about how when you think of, or when you learn how to do something, like say if your job is to turn a wrench or if your job is to fire a weapon and someone told and you take that entire way of learning or teaching um, and you apply it to a different scenario to help get the mission across the line. Um, so that's what leadership uh, learning agility is. And it has multiple different dimensions to it. Um, it does have the mental agility it has the change agility it has the results agility and it has like self-awareness and those are all factors that go into leadership learning agility um and with that i just kind of want to give that floor back to you guys to get you guys started off on the conversation yeah and so rafi i just want to i'm obviously the novice here especially between the two of you and i and i'm not too proud to uh, i'm not i'm not ashamed to admit it at all um but so what I gather is like, let's say, for instance, uh, me applying things as a security forces member into something um, like diversity and inclusion, like what we're doing, a podcast. Like I had no knowledge of any of this before I came here uh, and started work. Well, I had some knowledge of diversity and inclusion. I, I take that back. But uh, being a podcaster, this is this is my first go at it. So like trying to apply some of my life experiences as a cop into this show. Is, is that that that's where we're going with this? So like if you think about like like um, there's a how you apply that that knowledge. Right. So like like take a look at like how what some research that was done by Corn and, and Ferry uh, International. And what they did is they looked at like executives from across the realm. And when I say executives, I'm not using the military term of executive. I'm not talking about like like what they use. I'm talking about like the corporate executive. So you're, you're talking about people that that go go across the world. They, they're working in in. Uh, and probably S&P 500 companies and so on like that. So they, they studied them. And what they found is like the, one of the most successful attributes that they had is they were, they, they were able to apply leadership learning agility. And what they did is they were able to take things that they learned in their past. It doesn't matter what it was. So it could be from a life experience. It could be from learning something from like secondary. So like some people, the way they learn is they learn by watching others. Um, and there, there's actually, uh, I'll give you a quick story on that before, before we continue. But like, if you think about it like this, like, like say, say you have a boss that you have a very, very difficult time of trying to teach him how to, um, learn something or, or 
or uh, apply a new new tactic. Well, some NCOs have this trick, and and it, it's a it's an old school NCO way of doing it. But what they'll do is say you have that smelly kid in the, in the room, but that smelly kid is your boss. They'll go brief someone right in front of that smelly kid and be like, "Hey, uh, you need to go take a shower. You really smell." On on their aspect, and then that that other person will then get the hint like, "Hey, I, I they start checking themselves because they don't get get so that's." so defensive so that that is a way you can apply it that is a very like fake example i know that it's very 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 like kind of like a lame example but but what they but going back to that study what they did they they took a look at at all the different executives from from throughout the company and they found out that most successful corporations had the executives that were able to to um put together unrelated pieces of information and ideas and craft like basically like this huge like novel of of things coming together and be able to to come up with that um I know that we talked before on this podcast about uh, how Japanese companies uh, entered the U.S. markets and, and they took over the car industry and so on like that. Um, so if you think of, about that, it's basically what they did is they, they were able to collect different pieces. And when they got into like the different niche markets throughout the world, when J- Japan like first introduced like the, the Honda generator and then they, they, they were making small cars in the U.S. and they were making motorcycles in in, uh, in in parts of Europe with the scooters and so on. And then they were racing Formula One cars in in Italy, like, and, and basically they were putting together all these different pieces of knowledge. So when they went on the attack, their executives were prepared to go on the attack because they were able to piece all that knowledge together. And so that learning agility that you have as a leader, you really need that. It's the, the idea that you're constantly learning and you're constantly putting those, those different pieces um, together. And then for the military, um, through the Air Force, what the Air Force uh, AFIs uh, says uh, military leaders must recognize and address their own filters, privileges, biases, and culture, cultural preferences. Um, and then they, they must be courageous enough to, ex- to, to experience and incorporate new ideas and skill sets. So that's what it is, basically like the ability to apply new ideas, the ability to take some old ideas and apply it in a new way. Um, it's not so much as as constantly reinventing the wheel and it's not so much as uh don't change something if it ain't broken it's not that idea it's the idea of hey this ain't broken and it works really well here maybe we can apply it in another aspect um so bringing programs together um is a is a good way to put that so like say if maintainers have a good way of tracking where the planes are and security forces is driving around and writing down tell numbers all the time uh on a piece of paper when maintenance is already tracking that on a digital digital screen maybe that that would be a better way to figure out where the plane is at all times rather than having someone drive around with a pen and paper so i hope that makes a little bit more sense for you guys yeah it does i'm gonna um first first and foremost um chloe i don't know if you remember pre-interview rafi was like oh chip's the talker like this is what happens when there's two uh there's two schmees on here like i i sit back here and just learn and i talk a lot less um (laughs) i i I am still coming up with some thoughts and ideas on this, Chloe. I don't know what you have for inputs or if you have uh, something you'd like to interject about leadership, learning, agility, and uh, ways that you used it in your career. I know you went, you had, you had some drastic, well, I'd say drastic. You've had quite a few different changes in your life. Obviously, you've gone from um, a supply technician to uh, MEO. You've gone from uh, retired military to civilian status at this point. You've, you've been through all the tiers and the enlisted uh, you, you've gone from, uh, you became a parent at some point. I, I, I'm assuming that, uh, or sorry, in my brain and the way that Rafi explained it, there's plenty of different examples that we can think about things where we transitioned into different aspects of our own personal lives, or our own careers that um, we started including 
stuff from our past, our ideas, our, our ways how to improve ourselves for the next part of our lives. So I, um, if you've got an example, Chloe, uh, I, I'll shut my mouth for a minute and, and let you talk about it. I do. So thank you. So I was I'm sitting here and I'm listening to Rafi talk and the, a lot of the things that I learned as a child uh, surfaces when I'm in, um, as I went, as I go through my life period, like I'm, I'm 45 years old now and things I remember my mother told me as an adolescent or young teenager. And so when I think about um, uh, leadership, learning agility, this one thing that my mom used to say after I would get in trouble for doing the wrong thing um, is when you know better, you do better. And so you take every experience, even if it was a negative one, and you pull what you learn from it to take it into your next experience to make things better. And I think when we think about diversity and, and inclusion, right? What we're what we're seeing now is that even when we say the phrase diversity and inclusion, people are like cringing and they're backing up. But really what it is, is learning how to operate in a different mindset than what you're used to. And so one of the things that I learned in 2007 when I went through MEO school is to understand that I have my experience. My experience's name is Gloria. And even if you had another Black female just like me, and I'll use my sister's name, Felicia. Even though Felicia is my sister, Felicia has her own experience in life, and it's called Felicia. And every time you interact with someone, if you keep in mind that their experience is theirs and your experience is yours, and as somebody trying to show support or understanding, you do not commingle the experiences. You understand and respect that person's experience, and you find out what they need from you. And I think that helps when you're in the work center to work together. And so when I use the term, when you know better, you do better, those are things that I had to learn throughout my career. And so I've always just been bought into the flexibility is the key to air power. So I was a supply troop, supply had its own culture. I had my own friends. Uh, we were more aligned to maintenance. And then, you know, I'm in a dining facility on a deployment in the and I'm with maintenance, but the supply chief comes and he's like, hey, you know, you're on the retraining list. You need to retrain. I'm like, what? Uh, okay. But a lot of people don't have the ability to accept that change. So I think from a young age, I was taught a lot of learning agility without understanding what it was. And the truth is, I didn't realize it until I knew we were talking about this topic. And I was like, oh, that's kind of what I've been doing my whole life so I don't stress about change but because that's my experience I also recognize that other people do stress with change when you're introducing anything that has somebody thinking well if I've been doing it this way this whole time and nobody's complaining why are you here telling me that I'm doing it wrong this entire time um I didn't say before, when I tell you I have a soft spot for defenders, I love me some defenders. I got to spend 13 months as a security forces first sergeant. And I remember we had um, an NCO who was an amazing NCO. He would come and we would talk and talk about different things. But on the flip side, he trained his airmen as he was trained, which was not nice. It was not okay. And it wasn't really um, effectively teaching them anything. But because that's how he was taught certain things and how he was talked to, you know, I had to explain to him, listen, 
everybody is not you. They are not you. You have to figure out what's going to work for them. And if it's 15 of them, you may have to be flexible enough to do it 15 different ways if you need to. And I think that's hard for a leader because you have to reshape your own learning in order to deal with people as they are individually versus as the collective training we used to know. For example, one person gets in trouble and it's in the maintenance career field too. One person gets in trouble, we all coming in at 5.30 in the morning, even if you didn't know what was happening. And so I was able to look at my leadership team and say to them, but what, what is this gonna fit? What's the point? What's the end goal? What are, what are we trying to do? And to be able to have those conversations for them to lay out, well, we want to stop people from getting DUIs. Okay, well, it's coming in 530 and our blue is going to help them uh, not get DUIs. Well, no. Okay, so we need to sit down and think. And it was it was painful for my family that I still talk to to this day. That change was painful because we were, we grew up in a culture where mass yelling at a group of people in our minds it worked because maybe individually we changed and so I think introducing those new ideas um you, we recognize or try to recognize that it's it's painful for people and it was even even at Diomi right Diomi is the mecca the center of excellence for diversity and inclusion but it's also the place where there have been people working there 15 and 20 years and we go in there and here I come and I look at the curriculum and I'm like, y'all don't address microaggressive microaggression. Y'all don't address unconscious bias. We got some, we got to catch up. What are we doing? And so it was a battlefield for a minute, right? Because they were just like, we've been the center of excellence all this time. And I'm a little sarcastic. So my response was, have you? Have you though? Have you? Right? So we had to get them in a mindset that it was okay to not to, to, embrace continuous changing and learning even if you've been doing this for 20 years it's okay to understand that there are some things you may not know we need to send you to classes we need to send you to update certification courses even for me I will tell you I thought that I was coaching people for 25 years I started my coaching certification program and realized I wasn't coaching anything I was telling people what to do and it's a difference and so even, you know, as a 45-year-old woman and, you know, Chip is sitting here calling me an expert. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to learn something today. I'm going to yeah. learn something today. And that agility, you have to be comfortable with um, continuing to stretch and grow. If you run, you have to stretch. You have to do other exercises to continue to be able to run. And if you know to take care of your body, you have to stress stretch after you lift weight you have to stretch after you work out to take care of your soul and your emotions you have to continue to stretch yourself and grow and and extend yourself into situations where um it may be painful to learn that you are not who you thought you were but rather who you are when other people see you that is something that it's hard for people to do and probably why it's really hard for some of these hard topic conversations to have because the reflection is painful. So Yeah. The, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Rocky, you got it? Yeah. So I, I like 
I like what you what you hit on. You hit on like all, a bunch of different topics. Um, I and and uh, you hit all five dimensions. So um, and I, I don't think I gave the definitions of them. So I'm gonna just give those real quick. Um, the, <laughs> the, the, the mental agility is uh, thinking critically to to uh, penetrate uh, complex problems and expanding possibilities by making fresh connections. So that's like your mental agility. And like what, what with that, like you were touching a, a lot on like like how you how you take care of yourself physically, right? So um, there there is some a huge part of like allowing your mental mental health to grow or to to be um, to be healthy. Um, as far as being a leader, you cannot have like that bad mental health. And if you don't take care of it, you won't be able to um, to succeed. And when you were giving that example of that NCO, when you were a first sergeant, um, he was studying. He, so he basically was repeating what toxic leaders have done to him in the past or or bad leadership um, has done to him in the past. And and you were like, hey, this is a problem. Well, one of the best things any leader can do when it comes to like how to like prevent toxic leadership or how to. Uh, how to not be a toxic leader is allow yourself to heal from the ones that you experienced. That is the, one of the best things you can do for your subordinate is, is subordinates is allow yourself to heal. And then you went into uh, people agility. That's understanding and relating to other people as well as uh, tough situations to harness and, and, uh, and m- multiple uh, collective performances. So basically that's, that, that's along the lines of understanding your people, right? Like you were, you were touching on like, like, hey, um, you have multiple different people. You might have 15 different troops, but you need to know how each each and every one of them works um, and what gets them ticking and what what, what doesn't get them ticking. The, we talk a lot about microaggressions on the, on on this podcast, um, which is why I don't want to like jump into that because if you've heard any of our previous episodes, we we, we jump into that a lot. But what I do want to get into is your time when you were when you were dealing with the army. Um, I, I believe that's what you said. And you, you were, you're dealing with the army and, and they had that, like, we are, we are, we, you know, we are the top, we are the best, like, like at doing this. And you, you said, well, are we, are we, well, Simon Sinek has a book and it's called, uh, find your why. And, and, um, part of his find your why and, and start with why books is, um, he, when he, when he wrote those books, like one of the things he was addressing is, is making a mission statement. And if you could write a mission statement for yourself, that's like, like with coaching, that's like one of the, one of the good, good ways to like, kind of like, like get yourself started as well is you like why you're doing this and what, what what are you doing but if you write like something along the lines of to be the best or 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 to to you know like to be the greatest ever ever um the issue that you end up having with that is you when you when you do that what happens when you are the best like like what maintains that you know like like it needs to be kind of like like if you think of it like this when you're when you're especially when you're going along the lines of people generally like like you need to kind of like like make yourself go on the lines of those people and understand that like there there is going to be no end game with this like like the people like there is no end game it's not a football game that you are playing like like you there is no end game like like no one is going to crown you the winner of careers at the end of it and you saw when you retired like were you given a crown like 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 everyone that you went through basic training with you are the winner like that that, that is not how this works it is about a journey and you're you're helping those people get through the journey of life and defend our our great nation so so yes. that that is what you're doing as a leader. So you need you need to be that. And if you can't you can't have that people agility, you can't do that. And then you went into uh, change uh, change agility, and having that change agility is enjoying uh, experimentation, being curious, being effective in dealing with people, and with the discomfort of change as well, right? So when you, people like people don't like change, and that that is not something that any corporation, any business, any LLC is not like unaware of. If they think like oh like 
like I'm going to introduce all these changes and it's not going to cause havoc. It's not going to cause stress. And then, then you're wrong, right? Like you're not going to come into anything and, and give up like this giant um, change, like, and everyone's just going to openly accept it full heartedly and never have like any issue whatsoever with that change. So that, that is, that is just not going to happen. Um, So you need to, you need to be cognizant of your change. You need to have good change management. And there's a book on that as well, like about, about how to, how to address some of these, some of these issues. And I'm not talking about like descent as far as like leadership, but um, it's called leadership secrets from Attila the Hunt. Um, And that, that is one of the books that really helps with, with, uh, with change, change agility when you guys uh, jumped into that and, and being able to allow your people to do, to do the things and, and to get the job done and, and basically coaching them through it rather than telling them to do it. That's, that's a, that's a key one. And then when you were talking about your mom, you were hitting on a lot of results agility. Um, so basically that's, that's delivering results in uh, first time situations by inspiring teams and exhi- exhibiting a, uh, a presence that, that builds confidence in themselves and others. Right. So that's the definition of it. But what does that mean? Basically, that means like owning up to our mistakes, right? Like when, hey, this is the first time we're doing this. Like when you ever had those people, like I'm sure every, everyone in the military, one of the one, one of the biggest things that we do is called exercises, right? Like everyone has to do an exercise. And you ever have one of, one of those leaders that like is their first time doing something in an exercise and you guys mess something up, right? Like, and they just flip out. Like it, it needs to be perfect every single time. Like like you cannot have any, any single like red in there whatsoever. Well, like one, the results you're going to get is they're going to just do what it takes to get that, that green. And they're going to do it the same way every single time. And then now you don't have that, that uh, cognitive uh, diversity that we're looking for, like in, in our leaders and, and in our troops, like, so you're not going to have, have that. Cause they're only going to show you what, what makes them green there. So they're not going to try out new experiences and stuff like that. And two, you'll never learn from the mistakes that you do make. You'll never really learn um if you if your plans actually work because every single time an exercise comes and we see this on on the higher side as well i'm sure you've seen it um in at your level while you were there too is if you are going to flip out on someone that may for making a mistake they're going to do everything they can for you not to check their stuff not to inspect that that portion of 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 their programs and and to not have their their programs inspected whereas you want the opposite you want them to own their mistakes you want them to to learn from their mistakes and you want to make it when, when they get inspected, they want like, they're excited and they're like, yeah, tell me how I can get better. Um, so it's a different, different way of thinking, right? Like, it's like, Hey, yeah, yeah. Like, like tell us what we need to do to, to make our people better. Tell us what we need to do. Whereas like, it, like the opposite effect happens when you start going after that um, in, in a negative light and you start giving them aggressions towards it. Like, why is there red on here? Or why is there yellow on this slide? And, and we see that a lot. And then, and the last one is being self-aware, um, and that's just being reflective on yourself and knowing knowing your capabilities and your impact on others. And that was the last last point that you were touching on is, hey, how do I actually like? How do people perceive me? How how are are they when I when I walk in a room? Are people just putting their heads down? Like, do they not want to engage with me? Maybe maybe you are like taking a deep set, deep look at yourself, and maybe you could find out some some things as well. And that goes into like understanding your unconscious biases as well. Cause you might be using some microaggressions on people that you have no idea that you're even doing. And, and that's causing them, that's causing the dissent within your organization. And that, that could, that could literally destroy your organization. If, if your people don't want to talk to you, like that is a problem. You should not be excited about that. If people look at you and they're like, Oh, that's say, for example, you are a commander or you're a chief and, and, 
and people don't want to walk the, down the aisle that you're you're down and it's not because they don't want to throw a salute it's because they don't want to see you because they're afraid of you that is a problem no one's going to want to follow that leader so so think that's something to think about like that, that, that really is and same same thing goes for our senior ncos in the militaries or, or in the different branches i said militaries <laughs> in, the, in the in the different branches that goes that goes a lot for the senior ncos senior ncos really have to step up in that aspect same same with the fgos and the cgos as well you really have to know that just because you're not leading them directly if they don't even want to see you they're not going to want to listen to that op order they're not going to want to listen to any any instructions that you're going to give and they're not they're probably not even going to read the 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 instructions that you publish because they're there, there is a point where they will get to the point where you send them an email, they, they might just be like, I don't want to even read this. I'm going to let like someone else read this and tell me what to do. And, and then now you, now you're missing out on plans. You're missing out on, on objectives and, and um, that could be a huge problem. So yeah, sorry, I, I went off on a little tangent there, but I just wanted to touch on the definitions very real quick. No, you are, you are passionate. And so um, one of the things I was thinking about too, so I like to tell people, um, what we were socialized and taught was that we need to do things like control our own facial expressions, right? Because when I don't look a certain way or I'm not smiling, um, other people may perceive X. And so kind of the messaging that I've been given in a lot of the groups I've been able to talk to is applying a little bit of um, grace and mercy when it comes to looking at someone. And so it comes from a personal perspective, right? Because when I'm when I'm talking, if I am not smiling, um, someone may perceive me as being angry. So the conversations I have is, you know, um, to allow allow the thought that this person may be thinking about something. This person may be writing their grocery list in their head. This person may be hard of hearing and they're concentrating on what you're saying. And so approach them anyway. Approach them anyway and say hello. Approach them anyway. And I recently experienced it myself because I went to a business networking social and I don't know people there, but I know that I'm extremely nosy. So I was trying to listen to about three <laughs> conversations at one time. So I wasn't smiling. I'm literally like trying to, so I'm like making a very, what appeared to be stern face. So my friend who is the social butterfly and I'm watching this, you know, young man, he's moving about everybody and he's shaking hands and he's like, Gloria, you can't sit over here looking mean. And I was like, I'm not looking mean. I'm, I already know. Look, I'm telling you about the, you know, the lady over here, how she just started her own business and she got a business coach from score mental note, what score? I don't know, but I'm gonna ask her later and I'm talking <laughs> to the over here. And they're talking about how, um, you know, they need $1.2 million because they want to start a uh, vegan restaurant and, and he was just like oh and I said so maybe that's something we need to think about right like he assumed that I was over there being antisocial but really I was listening and soaking up a lot of information I learned about score I didn't know what that was the vegan restaurant thing at least I can talk about it I don't know who might have 1.2 million dollars to invest right but I'm <laughs> talking about hey these are some things that are going to happen in Brevard County so I want people to understand, you know, what used to be normal practice for us. We have to think outside of that and look more um, at the human being, give a little bit of grace and mercy. Maybe that person is not mad. Maybe they're thinking of something. Maybe their stomach hurts. Maybe they're sitting in the meeting and they got to go to the bathroom. You don't know. 
So, you know, get beyond what you think you know about facial expressions, what you think you know about body language and approach the person anyway. And so some, a lot of the times we'll discover um, that that's a bias within us too, because maybe we did approach somebody and it was a horrible experience and we're like, yeah, "Yeah, nope. Um, But sometimes it takes for the effort of the individual, because I think it's a lot of weight for somebody to live in other people's perception. That's heavy. Yeah. Because I don't know what your perception is because you're not talking to me because of your prior experience or whatever. So I think that's a part of, um, you know, I, I know Rafi's going to tell me exactly where that sits. Oh, I got, before he goes, though, like I actually have stuff. I, I like, I, I got caught up with you guys. Um, my brain's running about 99% right now. So I think I got it. We're going to stop right there and take a quick break, but we will be back with part two. Stay tuned, engagers. If you like that episode, please like and subscribe. Also, follow us on Facebook. If you wish to make contact with the JBMDL Diversity and Inclusion Working Group, please email 87abw.cvb.diversityinclusion at us.af.mil.